We want to follow the readings this morning. They are from Luke chapter 6, first of all, starting at verse 43. That's on page 1035. And then we'll be going over to Galatians chapter 5, which is page 1172. So starting in Luke, these are the words of the Lord Jesus. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. And over to Galatians. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there's no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. This is God's Word. Good morning. Um, it is, it's lovely to be with you again this week. Um, you're probably getting quite sick of me being at the front, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm loving being here. Um, so um, today, as, as, as Monty said, we're, we're going to continue uh, to look at our, our Fruit of the Spirit series, um, focusing on another one of these, these aspects of this fruit, the, the very character of God that, that grows through his Spirit in the lives of those of us who live uh, by faith in him. And today we're going to be focusing in on goodness. What is it that makes you think that someone is good in their role? What makes a a teacher a good teacher? What makes a, a policeman a good policeman? A nurse a good nurse? A parent a good parent? Sometimes we we use it to refer to their competence that they're, they're good at being a teacher or a parent or a bricklayer, whatever, that they, they do their job well. But very often we, we mean something more when we say that they are good. We're saying that they go beyond what is expected or they're, they're, what their role demands, that they have a, a touch of, of grace and generosity about them, that they care deeply about what they're doing and they're very genuine in it. We might talk about them acting out of the goodness of their heart. So what is this this goodness all about? 
The Greek word that's, that's used in our Galatians passage that Billy read for us earlier means a righteous heart and life, or an uprightness of heart and life. We're talking here about somebody who has integrity, someone who is good all the way through, right to the core of who they are. When they do good, there is, there's no pretense. It's, it's not to, to gain a good name or a reputation or to impress anybody. They do good simply because it is the right or the righteous thing to do. Goodness is very much linked to being pure of heart and action. I wonder, is that a, is that a fair description of you this morning? It certainly doesn't describe me. And in fact, I, I believe the Bible teaches us that the, this description has only ever fully applied to one life, the life of Jesus. So this morning's sermon isn't going to be about how we, we need to go and do more good, although that is incredibly important. It's commanded right throughout Scripture. And we looked at it a wee bit last week when we, we thought about kindness. Today, instead, we're, we're going to be taking a step back and thinking about how we become good how because we have a, a good God who dwells by his spirit in the hearts of his people, shaping them as they walk with him, that we can begin to be made good from the inside out. A process that, that because of our fallen world and our sinful nature, we will never be finished with this side of glory. But it's a process that will, that will lead us to naturally begin to live out God's goodness in our lives. Because it will become more and more who we are. Due to God being at work within us. Restoring us to what we were meant to be. So let's begin by, by thinking about the, the source of this goodness. That's meant to be central to the very character of of God's people. Let's look at God himself. You've maybe heard that the wee responsive phrase, God is good all of the time, and then the response is, all of the time, God is good. And that truth is reflected right throughout scripture. We think of the Psalms where God's goodness flows throughout the pages. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Psalm 136 verse 1. You are good and what you do is good. Psalm 119 verse 68. Or when Moses comes and asks God to, to show him his glory in Exodus chapter 34 and God says, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord. God is good. He is all of those things we talked about right at the start. He is upright and righteous of heart. He is generous, generous and trustworthy, without any deception or crookedness. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the very definition of goodness. And that's why in, in Genesis, he is able to look upon his creation and declare it as being good. No matter the circumstances, God is good. 
And God does good. Even when bad things happen, God is still good. And because he is in control, he can even overrule evil to bring about good. We think of what Joseph said to his brothers in Genesis 50 verse 20, when he reveals to them who he is, and his brothers are are terrified that he's going to want to seek revenge against them. And he says to them, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Don't get me wrong, evil is evil. Sin is sin. Joseph's brothers sinned against Joseph and against God. But God is sovereign. He is in control. And in his goodness, he can even turn the designs of Satan and the evil deeds of our fallen hearts to bring about good results. Good results that that we, unlike Joseph, may never actually know about in our lifetime. But what we do know is that God is good. And we know that God is in control. We see that most clearly in the fact that in his goodness and grace, he has put in place and carried out his rescue plan for us. A people who constantly fail and betray him. And has promised those of us who have faith in him that he will raise us up to eternal life. Why? Because he is good. He is holy and trustworthy and righteous. And he always keeps his promises to us. So our God is all good. All of the time. And he calls us to model that goodness, to be good and do good in order to point people to the source of that goodness. There's just one problem with that. The Bible also tells us that because of sin, we aren't good and can in our own strength never be good. Paul in in Romans 3, uh, verses 10 to 12, quoting from Psalm 14 says, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have become together. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Those are pretty tough and difficult words. That no one does good apart from God. That no one even seeks God without him coming in his spirit and drawing them to do so. This is maybe where you'll, you'll say, hang on here a minute. I don't get this. I have loads of non-Christian friends. I have loads of people who are great people. They do good things all the time. In fact, sometimes they put the church and Christians to shame with the way that they conduct themselves and the lives that they lead. I won't begin to deny that that humans, even outside of Christianity, have the capacity to do things that we deem to be good. It's pretty obvious. But let's think about what God means by this word, good. 
When Paul and the, and the psalmist are talking about our, our inability to be good, they're using the word in the same way that God, looking at each part of his perfect creation in Genesis, saw that it was good. We're talking not just about, about helpful, nice, or even kind and loving actions here. When we use this word good, we're, we're talking about how our actions and motivations must come from a pure heart. We know that as, as fallen creatures, we are not pure of heart. We know that even when we do the right thing or things that, that other people deem to be good, often we're doing them with false motivations or at the very least mixed motivations. We maybe do want to help someone, but we also want that pat on the back or for our ego to be soothed or to move forward our own agenda as well. I'll help them, but only because it helps me or to get something back in return. So very often, even when we act in a way that others see as good, we are still falling far short of God's perfect standard of goodness. And that is why goodness is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Acting in a way that is truly good, that is pure and holy, is something we are only capable of because God's Spirit is alive within us, shaping us, changing us, making us more Christ-like as we walk with him. And as we walk with him and grow in him, our very character should be changing as well so that we naturally begin to live out lives of true goodness. I was reminded this week of the, the story of, of Lee Strobel, um, who some of you will have heard about. He's the guy who wrote the, the Case for Christ and those other books in that series. He was a, a law journalist for the Chicago Tribune. And one day his wife came to him and she announced that she had become a Christian. And he kind of laughed it off at the time, um, knowing her to be a, a rational and smart woman. He thought after a month or two she'd realize what a load of rubbish the whole thing was uh, and things would return to normal. But he said this, Instead, I was pleasantly surprised, even fascinated by the fundamental changes in her character, her integrity, and her personal confidence. Eventually, I wanted to get to the bottom of what was prompting these subtle but significant shifts in my wife's attitudes. And so I launched an all-out investigation into the facts surrounding the case for Christianity. And during his, his journalistic investigation, he himself ended up coming to faith and writing his findings in that book, The Case for Christ. All because he saw that change in his wife's character as she grew in Christ. And that goodness of God, that integrity and uprightness of heart started to shape her whole being. And it attracted him to try, to try and find out what was going on at the source of all that. She was an example to him of that, that better life that comes from knowing and living for God. And of course, our, our perfect example of what a life living out this fruit of goodness looks like is the life of Christ. Peter, when describing uh, Jesus to Cornelius' household in Acts 10, 
says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good. Remember, this word means a lot more than just caring or kind acts. It means a life of righteous integrity. Everything Jesus did was good. Everything that Jesus was, was good. His thoughts, his words, his actions. Jesus always did the right thing because he was perfect. He was good the whole way through. He was the very definition of a man of goodness. We see this in the fact that that even though he is often offered alternatives to his mission, easy ways out, ways to avoid the cross, to avoid the, the suffering of taking all of the punishment of all sin upon himself, he always does the right thing. He always makes the good choice. The devil tempts him three different times in three different ways in the desert. On occasions, his his earthly family and even the disciples try and divert him and distract him from his mission. He struggles with it desperately in the Garden of Gethsemane. But during these, these trials and distractions, Jesus demonstrates again and again his incredible goodness to us by doing what he knew to be the right thing, by doing God's will, being obedient even unto death. We see in the, in the life of Jesus and throughout the, the rest of Scripture, people living out what Jesus described in our reading from Luke earlier on. Lives filled with good fruit because the tree was good. Their heart was good. No bad tree can produce good fruit. No life disconnected from the goodness of Christ, the true vine, can produce good fruit righteous, pure fruit. We need to make sure that we are rooted in Christ so we can continuously be nourished by his spirit and grow more and more into good trees that in turn by their very nature produce good fruit. I remember when I was, I was younger um, and I was getting dropped off somewhere the, the last thing my mom would always say to me was, was have fun and be good. Sometimes instead of, be, instead of saying be good, um, she would say have fun and don't do anything too stupid. Um, because she knew that sometimes being good was just a little bit too much of a stretch for me. But that was her wee throwaway line. Every time I got out of the car or every time I left the house, have fun and be good. And when you look through God's word, when you look through scripture, God gives us that same challenge constantly. We are constantly called to be good. To be good as God is good. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16 tells us, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. That last bit being a a quote from Leviticus. God calls us to this life of righteousness, of holiness, 
of integrity and purity. A life of goodness. Reflecting that goodness of God, that goodness that he has shown to us. And we thank God that that call from him is not a requirement for our salvation because we know and have seen that we all utterly fall short of his standard. But God knows this. He knows that goodness comes from him. So he comes to live within his followers and begins shaping us in his goodness so we can even to just a small degree begin to show the world something of that goodness of God. And if we're living in a, in, a, in a strong relationship with God, spending time with him, asking him for help, digging our roots down deeply into his word and handing our lives, every little bit of them, over to him, then he's going to help us to grow in goodness. Goodness that will flow out of our very character and into fruitful good works of every description. This is not a sermon about going out and, and doing good in the world because you feel guilty or because you think it will somehow make you more acceptable to God. This is a sermon about your heart, about my heart. And whether you're allowing the Holy Spirit to develop that goodness of God in your life, the result of which will be this, this natural outpouring of good fruit in your thoughts and your deeds and your words. So are you allowing God's Spirit to make you that good tree? That tree that produces good fruit? Or are you trying to produce fruit out of your own sense of morality and goodness? Fruit that may, may look good on the outside, but will taste better because our motives are less than pure. Let's ensure that we're, we're growing our relationship day by day with our good God, handing our whole selves over to him, trusting that he, by his goodness, will shape us into people who more and more reflect the God we worship. Because this fallen and confused world needs the goodness of God. So that people might see our truly good deeds done not by our own effort, but by God's spirit at work in us and will come to praise our Father in heaven. This week, as you leave this place, have fun and be good. Let's pray.